Accreditation is a risk mitigation solution. It allows the facilities to implement standardization in how they go about their practice. Hello, I'm Dave Gans, MGMA Senior Fellow for Industry Affairs, welcoming you to the executive session, a monthly discussion with a healthcare leader on a critical issue of interest to medical practice executives. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Noelle Adachi, MBA. Noelle is CEO and President of the Accreditation Association for Ambulatory Healthcare, headquartered in Chicago, Illinois. Better known by its initials, the AAAHC currently accredits more than 6,100 ambulatory surgery centers, office-based surgery facilities, endoscopy centers, student health centers, medical and dental group practices, community health centers, and government employee-based health clinics, retail clinics, Indian and tribal health centers, and related ambulatory care organizations. The AAAHC accreditation is recognized by state and federal agencies and insurers, as well as commercial insurers and liability insurance companies for facility payment. The AAAHC accreditation process provides facilities an external independent review against nationally recognized standards and its own policies, procedures, processes, and outcomes. Also, as a matter of full disclosure, I have the privilege of having served on the AAAHC Board of Directors for the past two years, working with Noelle and observing her leadership. Noelle, can you please introduce yourself and describe her responsibilities as Chief Executive Officer of a complex healthcare organization, as well as give our listeners a broad overview of the AAAHC and its efforts to improve healthcare quality through accreditation? Well, thank you, David, uh, and for this opportunity to participate in my first ever podcast. I've been with AAAHC since uh, September of 2017, about four and a half years, and it has been a lot of fun, a lot of change, and a lot of transformation. Uh, AAAHC, as you noted, accredits more than 6,000 facilities. Actually, I think we're getting closer to 6,700 total facilities across the organization, including some uh, international facilities. We do span the entire array of ambulatory care, everything from the ambulatory surgery centers to office-based surgery centers, primary care facilities, Bureau of Prisons, U.S. Coast Guard, HRSA facilities, just the, the full gambit of primary and surgical care. We are, as you noted, based in the Chicago area. I have an amazing staff of 65 folks who work with our clients on a daily basis to ensure they understand the standards, understand what is expected of them, provide education, and review the survey reports. Uh, My team of surveyors, we have a crew of very experienced surveyors, more than 250, including both health surveyors as well as life safety surveyors. Our our health surveyors have uh, a lot of experience in the ambulatory care arena. They do what your members do. They are are serving patients or have in their past served patients, whether it's in a dental practice or in an ambulatory surgery center, across the wide array of specialties that are available in the ambulatory space. These individuals are integral to our process because they're the ones that are going in to conduct the on-site surveys in practices and ambulatory surgery centers. We also have a a governing body, both a a board of directors of 14 individuals who provide amazing leadership and guidance to our organization, 
as well as nearly 100 individuals who are providing volunteer services to provide direction and content to our program, whether that's standards development or facilitating policies for accreditation decision-making, or tackling those difficult accreditation decisions that have to be made. Part of the other responsibilities I have is providing uh, oversight and engagement with our strategic partners. That includes organizations like MGMA, large management organizations, and other medical professional associations, because they're all integral to this ambulatory space. In general, health facility accreditation engages experts to develop, review, and revise standards, assesses organizations against those standards, as well as their own policies and procedures, and creates tools to support continuous quality improvement. The AAAC recognizes accreditation is not a one-time event, but requires an accreditation to commit to continued quality improvement throughout the multi-term of accreditation. Noelle, can you expand on what accreditation means and also how the AAAC supports its accredited organizations? Our term of accreditation is three years. While the on-site survey is critically important, to ensure to the public that the facility is in compliance with our standards. Our philosophy of 1095 Strong, it reflects our commitment to partner with the entire ambulatory care market as they strive for continued quality improvement. We believe that it's not just on the day of the survey that we want that facility to be in compliance with standards, but every day when the patient shows up, all three years, 365 times three, 1095 days of the accreditation term. For us, you know, that has very, uh, several elements to it. It, in, it includes what we're accountable as an accrediting organization, as well as elements that we require of our uh, clients. You mentioned how AAAC is committed to partner with your credit organizations in quality improvement. Uh, how do you do this? Well, there's several ways, um, and it, it has uh, really five attributes to it and, and how we support our clients, how we work with our surveyors, how we collaborate with our governance organization and with our strategic partners. The first and the key driver to it is, is truly the ongoing engagement. We want to engage with all of those stakeholders throughout the term of the accreditation and also provide value to the ambulatory market as a whole. This means that we have a steadfast commitment to excellence and maintaining relevance. We wanna make sure that our standards continue to focus on evidence-based requirements that are relevant and specific to the variety of ambulatory facilities, practices, specialty, uh, specialties, and organizations we serve. This means we've got to continue to design our standards to facilitate understanding, adoption, and make it easier to, to use and comply with these requirements. That doesn't mean that the standards are easy. It means that they're written in a manner so that our facilities can take this, quote, open book compliance requirements set and easily adopt it and integrate it into the fabric of their organization. And by doing so, and also providing education and other tools, we're hoping to accelerate our third point here, accelerate readiness so that that facility is ready when the patient uh, shows up. That means that we have to have systems and tools that allow our clients to more effectively engage with us. But there is an accountability component, the fourth element. 
We hold our organizations accountable to achieve and maintain quality and safety compliance requirements throughout the 1095 days of the accreditation cycle. And then there's the surveyor expertise, the fifth component. Our surveyors are an amazing group of people who have knowledge in the ambulatory space and keep their knowledge up to date. But it means that AAAHC has to ensure that we are driving quality and consistently through every person that is out there uh, conducting on-site surveys. We have to continue to upskill them and equip them with what they need to continue to expand their knowledge and enhance their level of service and value to the organizations that they go on site to survey. And that's because we recognize that the surveyors are so critical to the whole accreditation process. They're providing not only an evaluation of that facility, but they're also providing consultative educational value so that the facility can help or can understand how to improve on a continuous basis. You mentioned uh, how the accreditation process begins with creating the standards that then are evaluated during the on-site accreditation survey. Our listeners would be interested you know, in how these accreditation standards are developed. Obviously, since organizations are being judged against the standards, can you provide some insight on how the accreditation standards are created, as well as expand a little more on the responsibilities of the on-site surveyor? Sure. Input for our standards comes from many, many sources. First, our governance entities that I mentioned earlier, our committees, have, are composed of individuals that embody a lot of experience in the ambulatory market, doing what our clients do on a daily basis. There are individuals who are physicians and doctors, nurses and administrators who do this on a daily basis. Those individuals can provide input to our standards committees, as well as the clients in general. We also look at information from CMS, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, as to what their requirements are. But an important point is that AAAHC was founded in 1979. We didn't get deemed status until 1986, and that's not because we didn't apply. It's because we were ahead of the game in terms of implementing requirements to ensure quality in the ambulatory space. And when I say ambulatory, I want to emphasize I'm not just talking about ambulatory surgery centers, but really that full gambit of, of what ambulatory involves, dentistry, primary care, health plans, office-based surgeries, et cetera. So we, we get input to our standards from a number of different sources, the government, state requirements, our clients, and of course, our governance bodies that are continuing to look at changes in the environment, new technologies, and best practices to evolve and continue to ensure relevance in our standards. But the standards committee and the associated committees that support it are also ensuring that the standards are structured in a manner that makes adoption and integration into the fabric of the facilities that we accredit as, as accelerated and uh, facilitated and easy as possible. That means we have consistency in how we design our standards, that they have evidence-based and references to support an understanding of those standards, that we, we evaluate them, score them, if you will, consistently. And therefore, we're educating our surveyors and our staff that there might be different ways to achieve the intent of the standard, but and therefore they have to understand that intent and not necessarily be overly prescriptive as to how a facility might integrate that intention through their policies and through their practices. 
you know, one of the things you mentioned and you've emphasized is the role of the on-site surveyor. I think that it's important to note that in AAAC accreditation is not essentially a abstract event. It's not a desk survey. It's not a paper involved survey. It's an on-site evaluation of an organization. Can you, again, some ideas that our leaders, our listeners would be very interested in is how does a surveyor function and share their expertise with an organization during that survey process? First, I'd like to say that the surveyor and the client receive the same set of guidance, uh, same set of standards for which the facility is going to be held accountable. So from that perspective, it's an open book test. We're not trying to trick anybody. We're trying to make sure that everyone is aware of what is expected, what is required, and as mentioned earlier, provide education and guidance as to how to implement that in your facility. It's an open book test. The facility has plenty of time to prepare. And in the primary care space that is doesn't have the same oversight with CMS, we will arrange for a convenient time with prior to the anniversary date that is convenient for the facility. And they will coordinate with the, uh, the surveyor will coordinate with the facility to say, okay, we're coming in. And also we'll provide in advance of that survey what that what the structure of the day might look like or the day and a half. Most surveys are a day and a half. The surveyor will come in, they'll take a tour of the facility, they'll they'll meet the teams uh, that are supporting the facility, and then they'll go about their business. And going about their business is a lot about talking to the people in that facility, understanding uh, what are the policies and then how they are uh, demonstrating implementation of those policies. And along the way, because our surveyors have a, a lot of experience Uh, surveying facilities in a variety of specialties and settings, they can share with the clients different approaches to accomplish the same intended outcome. That's really valuable. And oftentimes they'll provide, there are elements that are specific to to the requirements as outlined in the standards, but a real value that our surveyors also provide is insight based on their own experience having one practiced in the ambulatory space, and then secondly, having surveyed numerous facilities all over the country. They can provide insight as to other practices that they have seen fulfill the uh, intention of the standards. That's a huge value, and and that's one of the things that truly differentiates AAAHC is that all of our surveyors have worked in or are still working in the ambulatory space in a variety of settings. And it's something that we stress in our surveyor training is that, pardon the phrase, but there's more ways than one to skin a cat. They don't all have to be as painful. And so sharing that insight with our clients is is a key value proposition that our surveyors deliver. You mentioned how uh, government and commercial insurers require healthcare facilities be accredited as a condition of payment. So it's very easy to understand why an ambulatory surgery center or endoscopy center would seek accreditation. However, you know, provider payment is generally not affected by accreditation. You know, since most of our listeners are managers and executives in medical group practices, why would a medical group want to seek accreditation using an ambulatory care standard? Well, ambulatory care standards, again, I'll start with that. They provide, um, whether for purposes of Medicare reimbursement through the ASC, through CMS, or in the primary care uh, office-based surgery environment, accreditation is a risk mitigation solution. 
and allows the facilities to implement standardization in how they go about their practice. And in so doing, reducing the risk of issues occurring. And that is a benefit for some of the third-party payers are also looking for accreditation as well because of that risk mitigation opportunity. Uh, whether for purposes of fulfilling Medicare reimbursement or for just uh, ensuring a quality operation, accreditation is a risk mitigation strategy for the ambulatory environment. It doesn't matter whether you're doing surgeries or you're doing primary care delivery. It allows you to have standardization within your practice that is also beneficial for the third-party payers that are going to be looking at you, and, but also for, the, for your patients. Uh, having that accreditation seal of approval, so to speak, on your wall means that you are adhering to best practices, that you are implementing standard approaches to providing practice, which reduces the risk of bad things happening. And this is particularly important in the environment that we're in now, where there's considerable turnover in the healthcare uh, space. And this is equally as true in hospitals as it is in the ambulatory uh, private practice, uh, primary care environment, uh, pediatrician practices, dental practices, as well as ambulatory surgery centers. Implementing accreditation standards allows that facility to reduce their risk of errors happening, especially as staff turns over because it will have the policies, procedures, and training in place to mitigate those risks and to ensure standardization in how they onboard new employees. So for all of these purposes, whether you're seeking it for purposes of Medicare deemed status or primary care environments, accreditation allows for that consistency across organizations. Many private practices are very insular. They have processes, procedures that have grown up over the years, but seldom have an external review to understand maybe what they're doing could be done better, or maybe that they may have placed patients at risk, not knowing how that there's a better way. And I think this is an excellent commentary regarding why having a set of nationally recognized standards for care, also having an on-site surveyor review an organization will enhance both care delivery as well as patient safety, and oftentimes can even give some efficiency suggestions as well, and actually literally pay for the survey. I think that whether whether it's in care delivery or elsewhere, standardization generally results in more efficient operation. You're not reinventing the wheel at every turn. Uh, risk mitigation for the facility, risk mitigation for the patients, standardization that will drive cost reduction and consistency of delivery of care, safety for the employees. These are true and tried standards because we are a national organization. And But the other value that I think is, again, more unique to HHC is that our surveyors are, you know, their focus is on this space. That means that not only do they come into this role as a surveyor with the experience that our uh, accredited facilities are working through every day, but by uh, surveying so many different facilities, they can identify different, more efficient ways that might be uh, more effective within a, a primary care practice to, con to uh, achieve the intent of the standard. Uh, part of our governing body, those standards committees that we have, is really looking at, too, that usability of the standard. We want to make sure that we are not putting a burden on a facility 
that would negatively impact their ability to deliver quality care. I know that sounds obvious, but sometimes when we, you know, part of our role too is to push back based on our experience and provide public comment to organizations like CMS and OSHA and others because of our firsthand experience in working in, in this space. Uh, to make sure that we're not burdening the healthcare community in ways that negatively impact their ability to deliver quality care. You know, the COVID pandemic has affected all aspects of healthcare delivery. Uh, how has COVID affected the AAAHC and also how has it affected the accreditation process? You know, COVID has impacted every employer, uh, whether they are primary care practice or they are AAAHC. A key part of that is, is communication and transparency. One of the things that we implemented, and I, I received uh, unanimous support from the AAAHC Board of Directors, was to implement vaccination as a mandatory requirement to be both a surveyor and a AAAHC employee. And you know, I have to say that that was a relatively, quote, easy thing to implement because the board, the surveyors who are all experienced in this space and understand the importance of vaccinations, as well as the staff were aligned. So AAAHC is 100% immunized, and that not only includes the requirement for a primary vaccination for COVID, but also for boosters. And Despite both of those efforts, you know, you're, you're going to get breakthrough. Uh, but the good news is that it's relatively mild or asymptomatic. In terms of our facilities, we've emphasized and, and we implemented this immediately um, uh, in April, May, June of 2020. Uh, educational programs for our clients to how to how to step up your infection prevention program how to transition to uh, hospital status for some of our ambulatory surgery centers, how to, after you've been closed for a, a few months, how do you come back and, and get back into compliance with things that did not or were not able to occur over uh, a few month period. During this entire time, AAAC did not stop operation. We slowed down some of our surveys only because facilities weren't available. Or we had some situations, just like everywhere else in the world, um, that our, our surveyors stepped back and said, okay, wait a minute, let's make sure we know how to do what we're doing. But we've been surveying facilities throughout this entire time, um, bringing value to those entities, looking at what their policies are, and making sure that they are reflecting today's environment. You know, extra precautions, vaccinations, absolute uh, hand hygiene, those types of things. So. Our standards, the, the, the amazing thing, I think, is that our standards withstood the environmental changes. And we really didn't have to make any adjustments to the standards. It was really has been more a heightened focus in certain areas so that we can make sure that our facilities continue to provide safe quality care, not only for the patients that they serve, but a safe environment for the employees working in that facility. The standards have not changed. And in fact, the standards were written in a way that was to ensure patient safety and employee safety and quality of care, whether it was in a environment in the pre-COVID environment or currently today where we're maybe much more concerned on airborne uh, cont uh, contamination or airborne spread of disease. 
you know, but the standards haven't changed. They, they were valid before and they're valid now. I think one thing that might have changed is the emphasis, uh, as you described, on certain sanitation practices and, of course, uh, more record-keeping requirements looking at uh, vaccination status for both staff as well as patients to, to avoid a potential problem there. The standards have demonstrated resilience, which is fantastic. It allows us to shift as things evolve, because as we shift, and and David, you and I have discussed this, and you've brought it up in our board discussions, is that we're moving now from this environment of a pandemic to an endemic. And as I mentioned, these breakthrough infections, some of them are less virulent, if you will, than uh, the flu. And, And so the flu vaccines preceded all of this. And Things, uh, what, what I c- get concerned about is to make sure that, yes, we absolutely have to take uh, care of the issues at, our ha- at hand with, with COVID, but I don't want to lose sight on the important practices around uh, pain management and, and opiate distrib- distribution. Our standards address that as well. And so our surveyors have to go in there and not lose sight of these other very important things that are critical to patient safety and good quality patient care. So having standards that are resilient, having surveyors that are incredibly knowledgeable and are at heart educators is our key components to making this effective for the facilities that choose to raise their bar and comply with uh, best practice standards. Many of our listeners work in health systems that are credited by the Joint Commission. How is the AAAC accreditation process similar, and how does it differ from Joint Commission accreditation? You know, I, I think that all accreditors serve an important role in, in improving the quality of care that is delivered to, to patients and ensuring a safe environment for healthcare workers, which has never been more important than it is now because they are on the front line. One of the differences that I would speak to, and you know, I'm very familiar with the Joint Commission, and especially from my previous work uh, working in the laboratory space, is uh, the value that AAAC delivers because our surveyors are from the environment. They have worked in this space. They have firsthand knowledge. That's one element. Secondly, our standards are designed, developed, everything for this space. We're not trying to take a hospital standard and and force it into an ambulatory environment. We recognize that ambulatory environments are different. They're different from, they don't have the same support networks. They have different staffing requirements. They have different facility structures. Our standards and, and the reason our standards committees are composed of individuals from the environment is to make sure that they continue to be relevant. And this includes things like recognizing that telehealth, uh, a major thing that has come up, it existed before COVID, but it has just been escalated and util- and it's not going to go away. We need to make sure that our standards reflect the changes in this space and that we provide surveyors experienced in this space and that we provide education and resources relevant to the community of people that are serving patients in ambulatory care. That's what makes AAAHC different, is that we are 100% exclusively focused on this wonderful, growing, and critically important space of ambulatory care, both ambulatory surgery centers all the way through the entire spectrum of primary care. 
Noel, there's so much more we could talk about, uh, but I know with your busy schedule, your time is very limited. Is there anything else you'd like to add to today's discussion? Well, first off, again, David, thank you for this opportunity. And I always enjoy speaking with you and, and learn a lot from the process. My biggest plea right now for everybody and anybody is if you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. If it's been, uh, if you're eligible for the booster, go get the booster. Now it's Omicron in the future. We don't know what it's going to be. But maintaining health and maintaining good quality practices and standards is so vitally important to the community. So I just want to thank all of your audience for doing what they do on a, on a daily basis. And I hope that AAAC can continue to bring value to their efforts. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know our listeners will find our discussion today most interesting. Thank you, David.